Hi and welcome back to the Cheeky Podcast with your host Cheeky Nick, Cardboard Chris and the wonderful Cheeky JB. JB, how are you doing today? Good morning all you wonderful people, that was nice to be called wonderful this morning, thank <laughs> you very much. Fantastic, yeah, a little sir. tired. A little, a little tired, tired. a little tired, yeah. Yeah, it was a late one last night, I stayed up and done a couple of things, but yeah, we're all good. How are you today, Nick? Also tired, I I, I was up late um, filling in some forms to return some some laptops that I'm not happy about. Uh, but no, otherwise we had a, we had a good gaming experience. We had an epic end to the to the stream yesterday on uh, on the joystick junkies, which was a, which was hilarious. Um, that was brutal towards the end, and uh, that just set me up for for wanting to return the laptop to uh, to Dell. So uh, yeah, uh, that's, that's going on. And um, how how are you? Uh, how are you, Chris? You doing all right, Chris? It's that hot. Right. Okay. Cool. Um, so, what did what, what did um, what did Chris think of um, gaming last night? Who, you know, the difficulty level? How how did they find it? Really hard. He found it really uh, hard. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I found it really Thoughts? hard. But it, we thought that was the case. He did. He did get down a lot, right? You know, he got shot a lot. Um, but then we're here to talk tr- crypto, right? This is uh, the the cheeky crypto podcast. Um, let's start things off by letting us know where you're from. Where are you? Uh, joining us from at the day, are you uh, supporting all around the different world? I'm just curious, where are you in the world right now? Uh, as you kind of tune into to us ramble and uh, to, to cardboard Chris uh, talk about you know the temperatures and, and things like that. Is that hot? Yes, I know, I know. Um, <laughs> you can't shut him up these days, can you? Um, <laughs> oh, he's a talkative fellow. Um, anyway, as we get into this podcast. If you would do me a solid and smash that like button, um, you know, Carbo Chris commands it. <laughs> you know, I, I got Carbo Chris out of the out of the cupboard today. Um, he he can't join us uh, because he's doing some some work in uh, near his studio. I think it's like doing some, some groundwork or whatever. And it's really loud with all the digging and stuff. So so Carbo Chris has been dusted off. He's he's come out and Carbo Chris would love it if you would smash up that like button. And uh, if you've just stumbled across the channel. Yeah, this is how we do things here. Uh, unprofessional, unedited, unscripted, uh, just raw uh, cheekiness. Um, and if you are new, well, why not go ahead and subscribe? Uh, I don't think you'll regret it uh, because it would just keep you entertained. No end, I'm sure. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely smash up the like, subscribe if you are new to here. Never miss a thing that obviously we do put out here. You know, I'd like to think we work fairly hard to put this out, so... Yeah, go ahead and like that for us. Do us a favour. It'd be nice to, to get some good likes on this one today. Yeah, but we can yeah. see, obviously, in the live chat, we've got South Africa, Poland, but in the UK, London, <laughs> Desire Mongo. We know you're from London, buddy. So, yeah, let us know where you guys are from. Canada. Canada. Very nice. Fantastic stuff. So, we've got 42 fantastic people that have joined us so far to talk crypto news, which is awesome. Uh, so, yeah, do make sure you smash that like button. We do appreciate it uh, more than you will ever know. And Cardboard Chris... Um, yeah, he he finds it quite difficult to what's the word I'm looking for to get people to kind of hit that that like button, to mash it up in his own words. He says it's uh, really hard. Really, yeah, really hard. Yeah, I know. Um, so <laughs> what we want to <laughs> what we want to do is uh, is yeah, smash it up. We really appreciate that. And uh, yeah, let's let's get into the first piece of, of things. You know, something that's kind of been boiling up quite a bit. Let's talk ledger. Okay, um, so. There's a lot of heat over nothing. <laughs> um, it does seem that way. 
it does um, seem that way. I, I, I kind of feel bad for bringing it up when I did in the last podcast. <clears throat> Obviously, it was kind of it kind of got announced that the kind of time we had done the last podcast. We didn't um, personally. I didn't look too much into it. I just read through it. I was like, "Well, wait a now, what the hell is this that's going on?" But obviously we've had Chris. Chris has done a deep dive into it. I think he's actually spoke with Ledger, cleared up a few things. And you know, it's really not that bad. <laughs> no, it's uh, a lot of people have jumped uh, the gun on this one. They they think it's a backdoor into into their wallets and stuff. So just, just kind of air it right now. So let's talk about it, right? So um, what is it that they're offering? Well, they're offering a service to look after your private keys for you. This is not yes. something that they have access to without you signing up to it. Uh, your private keys are always um <laughs> are always on the device locally they don't have access to your private keys now the service what is the service that they're offering well they're going to look after your private keys should you ever need them in the future um now obviously there are some issues around you know a backdoor and all that kind of stuff with, with this and and because like if you break it down if someone got hold of your ledger device and knew your passcode to your device then they can get the Pass uh, the the private keys the same way that you could with a MetaMask, for example. Um, but obviously, the question becomes: Well, how do they get hold of your device, and how do they um, how do they know your passcode? Because if they have your passcode and they have your device, so they've got your crypto already. They don't need your uh, your, your passphrases, right? So we break that down logically, thinking about it, right? You've lost your device, right? Someone finds your device, they're going to have to get your passcode. If they get your passcode, then they can get your your private keys. But if you've lost a device, and you just want to buy another one and not go ahead and, you know, actually create a new account, then that's more for you, I think. Uh, because, you know, you can't just lose a device and then go ahead and just, you know, restore restore those private keys on another device and assume that you're safe because that does not, that, that shit doesn't fly, right? So we really need to think about um, about what, what you would do logically, right? So the, the, the service that is being offered here is that they would take your private keys. Ledger would take your private keys. They'd cut it up into three different encrypted pieces and store it across three different companies. Meaning that if some hacker was to try and get your private keys, it would be much easier to just break into your house, break into your little safe and take your little slip of paper, right? Than it would be to hack into Ledger to get segment number one, hack into company two and get the second segment and then hack into an unknown third entity uh, and get that third segment once you've got all three segments of course you're going to have to put them all together know that those three segments belong to each other decrypt them get the private key and then restore the wallet there is an incredibly low probability of that i'd say there's a higher probability of a break-in in your house and your private keys getting stolen that way um so like i think People need to to really think about it logically rather than trying to jump in the gun thinking that it's a backdoor into Ledger when there simply isn't. Um, everything remains exactly the same. Uh, there's an additional service that's potentially even more secure than your current method of storing your private keys. And you get to choose whether or not you want to take part in that service. Uh, your keys are your keys unless you do take part in those services. And if you do, then of course it's going to be encrypted across three different servers, three different companies. And... Um, whether or not someone's going to be able to hack into all three, find all three random pieces of different data on three different servers, figure out that they all belong together, uh, and then, you know, decrypt it, and then access your wallet. Like, there's an incredibly low probability. Not impossible, but an incredibly low possibility of it. Um, now, that's just me being true for you and frank with you guys. Like, come on. <laughs> What's your thoughts, JP? Um, you know, it's... Beyond the realms of possibility, probability, um, you know, to actually be able to do this. I, 
I was worried when I read it to first, and I, again, I'll go back to the point, I've just never done uh, my due diligence reading into it before we obviously spoke about it on here. But it's not to say we spoke FUD, because we didn't, we spoke the truth, our initial thoughts on it. We've now done a bit of, a bit of research, Chris has done a deep dive, obviously Nick's had a good read there. It really explained the the core principle of what, what um, Ledger Recover is going to be. It's a subscription service, I think it's going to be $9.99 per month. And then your seed phrase is split up. Now, <clears throat> you could do it yourself. You could put the first part of your seed phrase in your house, say. Your second part in your auntie's house. And your third part in your neighbour's cat's flipper's yeah. house or whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> you can do all these things exactly the same way. But, you know, you've got... Yes, I am Scottish. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, you've got Ledger, they're... They, they've got a great track record, you know, everything to do, the security-wise, of the custodial side of uh, holding your crypto. They've not done this on a whim. It's been very much thought about. So, to have fear about it, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see it as being a big issue. I know there's, like, a cap on the insurance level and stuff like that, but this is obviously aimed at your everyday investor, not your, your big players in the space. So, yeah, I, I really don't see a, that, it being that big a problem now if I had a deep dive into it. The, the thought of having your seed phrases stored, it is good. They're split up, so you've not got the worry that, you know, a backdoor hack will unveil your full seed phrase. It's just really not a, a, a probability. Really hard. As you, as, you, as, you, as you said, it is a possibility, but, you know, minute. I, I, I don't mind it at all. The... The safest way, you know yourself, the safest way is to store your seed phrases somewhere you're happy with. But then obviously you've got the the thought process behind what if you die, then what happens to your crypto after that. There's going to be a fallback here with uh, Ledger, I'm sure. There's going to be a, a, a custodial passage in, in place somewhere. Yeah, I like it. It's good. I know we kind of dragged it out a little bit there, but I like it. We've spoke previously before how we're, we're, we're excited for the likes of Midnight to come out. But <clears throat> everything that Midnight's doing, um, you know, and for me it all comes back to what happens if you die. If you die, what happens to your crypto? If you become incapacitated or, you know, let's just say you're in a coma, whatever, you've got the worry about what happens to your crypto. It's It's got to be there in the back of your head what's going to happen here. And I'd like to think, obviously, the ledger recovery. You know that's going to play into, the, into that part as well. That there's going to be a way that um, you know your next of kin or whatever can access your, your your ledger. And I'd like to think all this is kind of going to come back full circle and become a positive opposed to the negative um, that it's being looked at right now. Yeah, no, I I agree. I think um, it's a big overreaction, here, right? Because logically, the, the kind of stuff that's being spoken about doesn't really make terribly too much sense. And um, because if they can get access to your account, then they don't need your passphrase at that point. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, it's already done. The damage is done. Um, and if you lose your device where you're not going to want the seed phrases, you're going to want to kind of restore it as quickly as you can and then move it to another wallet. Right? You're not going to want to kind of keep a compromised wallet out there um, and continue using a compromised wallet. So I think the service is good for many people. Right? It's not going to be fit for purpose for all, but it's going to help with mass adoption. Right? People don't want to have to worry about these things. And if there's a service out there that does a pretty good job, 
potentially better than most people are doing currently, uh, then it's going to perform incredibly well. It's going to be great for Ledger. They're going to generate a lot of extra revenue. It's going to help the company. Uh, it's going to help them uh, further the ideas and encryptions around self-custody, which I think is critical. And a lot of this FUD and this noise, in my opinion, uh, comes at such a time when self-custody is, is being questioned in the same way that you know exchanges should be questioned. And if you can't self-custody, where are you going to get your crypto? Are you going to go start looking at these banks that are going to start doing self-custody? Do you think that, uh, that maybe they just want to get their, their hands on your keys that way? Um, because you've got to bear in mind, the governments do not want you self-custodying your crypto, right? They don't want you to have control. They don't want you to be your own bank. Uh, they want you to use their, their Ponzi fiat, uh, right? And uh, their, their new Ponzi uh, CBDC eventually, right? That's what they're going to want. Um, so the idea of you having a self-custody wallet, that, that threatens that. In the same way that the US dollar is being threatened by crypto massively, right? And so we have to kind of think about things. Um, you know, I do imagine at some point regulations are going to come in hard for for cold storage and, and self custody wallets. People uh, are going to have to kind of come to terms with with the governments uh, wanting to kind of crack down on some of these things. But self custody is the only way to go, and doing it in the most uh, secure and safest way possible. Um, you know, it's got to be paramount to, to what you kind of are trying to do here. So um, Ledger, I think this is a fantastic move. I don't think the the noise that we're seeing here is a coincidence with everything else that's going on around banking, uh, around the US dollar, uh, around exchanges. Uh, you know, we see this all the time. Exchanges are safe. Go go put your money on exchanges. Yeah, yeah do that. Uh, go put your crypto back there. Um, no, self-custody, whether you choose to use Ledger or not, it's entirely up to you. We like Ledger. I use Ledger. I continue to use Ledger, and I will always continue to use Ledger because it's user-friendly, it's affordable, um, and I just generally don't want to have to learn Trezor, <laughs> right? Yeah, um, yeah. That being said, we are affiliated with Ledger, but I take my word with a pinch of salt here. There's a link to Ledger down in the description below if you're interested in trying to get hold of a device. Um, but there are other brands available. Um, but when it comes to Ledger, I know it reasonably well, and I can provide help down in the Discord server should uh, anyone require help and assistance and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, Nick likes Ledger. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get that idea? I, I also think it's only the start. So we've kind of seen that it's a $9.99 per month subscription I think I think don't quote me on this one I need to double check on it that the insurance is up to $50,000 or you know whatever the number was I can't really I remember off the top of my head like yeah that. so there may be a next level to this and then a next level again you know I think it is only the start it is a good thing we want to see this level of security in this space don't take it as a negative here um take it as a positive you know that's them going the next step you know to to ensure that we're safe and that's fundamentally what being in this space is all about it's about being safe protecting your crypto holding your keys just look at the positives of this i think all around it is a good thing there as i said before they've not done it on a whim they they've obviously thought about right what happens if there's a hack what's going to happen to each and individual seed phrase it's it's been thought about. Ledger's a huge company. They they know what they're doing. So yeah, all around, I think it's a positive. Okay. So we can kind of, you know, park the whole Ledger thing. Like, it's still going to be bubbling around for weeks, probably, with yeah. people just yeah. like, just, just, just catching up with what Reddit's talking about um, and Twitter overreacting, because I feel like Twitter is the, the pinnacle of retail investors overreacting to things. Um, like, yeah, geez, Twitter. Um, anyway. Next big piece of news, 
big piece. I say big. Whatever, whatever could it be? Whatever could it be? Could it could it be the UK and MPs saying crypto should be just treated as gambling? Well, because yeah. you know, I, I think <laughs> I think that would be such a fantastic thing for retail investors. <laughs> Okay, so let's kind of break this down. Uh, For anyone who's uh, not in the UK and around the world in different jurisdictions, gambling is treated as tax-free, and we love tax-free. So if crypto were to be treated as gambling, there's some pros and there's some cons, right? Uh, The cons are you're just not going to be protected, right? Uh, You know, there's certain rules that have to be followed within the gambling sector. But generally speaking, you know, you do things on your own accord and if it doesn't go in your direction, well, you know, it's gambling. You know, that's the way of the, the cookie crumbles, if they say, as they say. Um, on the flip of that, though, um, if you are, you know, savvy a crypto investor, like I think the CC family are, then all those juicy, juicy gains down the line will be tax free. And that is very, very juicy. What's your thoughts, JB? Absolutely stunned to see a Tory-led government not want to tax. I know, right? Something. Now, let me just kick it off there. I'm not going to go too heavily into politics because, you know, we could absolutely spiral here and I could really give my true opinion on a few things. But for a Tory-led government not to want to tax something, I don't understand why they're going with this approach. I'm not against it. Not to pay tax on crypto. All for it more money in our pocket that's what that's what we're all here for want to make money but i think there's going to be an ulterior motive here they're not doing it for no reason i'm looking at it as a, as a pessimist here i don't trust i'm being very careful to be a, uh, uh, <laughs> say this i don't trust what the government are doing there's another reason behind this i don't know what the reason is just yet but a tory government not wanting to hit you for more money just doesn't make sense to me i want to know what the other side of it is yeah to me the other side of it feels um cbdc related um in the way that okay if you want to kind of usher in a world of crypto which they kind of do in here in the uk uh city of london all that kind of stuff then um and they want to kind of you know champion and be the hub of crypto then there needs to be regulations now they don't necessarily want to create a whole new framework i mean that's the right way of approach to it you know you come up with something that actually works uh they don't necessarily need to call it uh, currency right away because that could spiral out of control pretty quickly considering there's like 20 odd thousand cryptocurrencies right you can't call them all currencies and all that kind of stuff although the uk has done a pretty good job at kind of classifying things as exchange tokens utility tokens and so forth um to treat it as gambling i think there has to be selective rules there as in only certain types of cryptocurrency should be potentially treated as cryptocurrency uh, sorry as uh, as gambling um and not necessarily all cryptocurrencies because otherwise you're going to come into a world where they, you wouldn't necessarily see those as um as currency maybe i'm wrong maybe this is how they kind of usher in currency they say you know it's gambling just the same way that you would gamble your fiat and maybe it's you know a way of ushering in cbdc's and uh, cryptocurrency as currency i don't know it's going to be interesting to kind of see um how things kind of uh, kind of play out here but what's your thoughts one thing that's going through my head with it so they want to treat it as gambling well that's what the talks are. Hmm. So would that only be leverage trading, not the physical investing? Yeah, in if you're buying and holding thing. or leverage. I mean, leverage yeah. is definitely gambling. <laughs> like... oh, of course it is. But is that is that what it is that they're trying to target here? Or is it the physical investing in crypto? Now, investing in crypto right now is treated akin to investing in the stock market or whatever. You know, that's where it kind of lines up. So in my eyes, that 
the only thing that they, they could be tackling as gambling is obviously leverage trading. I don't I just don't trust that. I, I don't trust that there's there's something else sitting behind here. I just need to know what it is. I do think you hit the nail on the head with CBDCs. It's to push that into enforcement. You know, this is the way forward. We know it's going to be the way forward in due time, in due course, sorry. It's only a matter of time until CBDCs do become the the way, unfortunately. Unfortunately. Yeah, like it's a necessary evil. Yeah. Um, but there's some definitely some big concerns with CBDCs, programmability being one word that buzzword that gets thrown around a lot with cbdc's um but there's no different in programmability to what you have now right you can see uh, just a couple of years ago in canada when they were, all those truckers were doing their strikes right uh, they were able to freeze all the accounts of those truckers that's no different to what could happen with a cbdc right it's just a little bit easier than it would be to try to do it uh, in the current system but it can still be done right now um, and if of course you know programmability is a is a big concern then, and it should be because you know we see it in china with uh, social credit scores right and if you don't behave the right way then you're not allowed to buy a house you're not allowed to use public transport and with a cbdc those things become real realities so there are some obvious concerns there but again it comes down to every single technology that is out there in the wrong hands it can be used for evil and in the right hands, well, you know, it can be used for good. Um, so it's not the fault of the technology. It's the fault of, uh, of the people in power. And, and so, you know, the people, uh, generally speaking, probably need to do a better job at rioting <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and actually, you know, taking control of, of situations. Uh, and uh, the pandemic recently has shown us the people, people's willingness to just kind of bend over, uh, in my opinion, uh, which is all it is, of course. And... Uh, yeah, it's it's been a bit of an eye opener with people just willing to go with the with go with the majority, go with the herd. Just you know, oh, I'll get to go on holiday if I do this, and oh, I might be allowed out of my house if I do this. But you know, these were these were givens just a few extra years ago, right? You know, you didn't have to jump through all these hoops and um, and all that kind of stuff. And now, of course, it's all coming out that it was all kind of you know bogus stuff anyway. Um, surprise, surprise. So uh, it's a huge experiment that's being used. That we hear about this in uh, the World Economic Forum. Uh, about how you know the pandemic showed them that they could you know see people kind of just behaving the way they want to and they could usher in other things there's a whole load of scary stuff and rabbit holes and conspiracies that you can go down with all of that and i don't want to kind of go into that in here but um yeah the way that the, kind of the cbdc's are going um i don't think a cbdc in its nature is a bad thing but i think that if people were to use it in uh irresponsible and uh uh what's the word um a dictorian way yeah <laughs> yeah and uh, then you then you're going to have a huge huge problem on your hands but it's a necessary so before, before i dive into cbdc's there's two things i want to kind of come uh, cover off here i'll come into the live chat in a second so the first one just sat in the back of my head just there it wasn't 12 months ago we were told that capital gains tax was mm. dropping from was it twelve thousand to six thousand to three thousand that's it yeah so now they're telling us that there isn't going to be capital gains tax. Is that, oh, sorry, is that what they're telling us that there's not going to be capital gains tax here? It's just there's so much going on here. It doesn't add up to why they would now want to say, look, we're not going to tax you at all after telling you that we're going to be increasing how much we're going to be taxing you. Yeah, I mean, you've got to bear in mind, though, crypto is one element and that uh, capital gains tax co covers so much more. Yeah, um, I totally get that. And, and the 12K, by the way, for anyone who doesn't know that, that 12K that it was previously was how much you're allowed to have in capital gains before you start paying tax. That's now been half to 6,000. So you can have 6,000 pounds of um, non-taxable gains 
and then anything after that is taxable at 20%. And then next year, it will drop down to £3,000 personal allowance before you then go into taxable gains. Uh, And so it's awful, realistically. I mean, you know. Let's say this stays in place. How do you go, they've not really told us this, how do you go about, um, you know, keeping your capital gains and your crypto gains separate? If that's the way they're going to do this, there's going to have to be a way to keep them separate when you document, you know. Yeah, you just ignore crypto, crypto rails and uh, and property and uh, everything else. We'll have to and stock or gold and silver and metals. Yeah, we'll have to just be classified as capital gains if they go down that route. So the second thing is real mystery, man. You, You actually had a really good point there. Governments can shut down gambling sites in a second, just like full tilt poker. Then the government can keep the assets. Can they do the same with crypto sites? So it just cycles me back to Ledger. Make sure you got yourself some hardware wallet. Yeah, um, they can't touch it. <laughs> they can't touch it. Um, you know, your keys and all that. Even if you opt in for a fantastic service that decrypt, uh, encrypts and spreads your seed phrase across three isolated locations, uh, you know, I, I circle back to the, the FUD a little yeah. bit there. But, you know. The more you think about it, it works. <laughs> it, it really does. Um, Steve G saying in Australia it's twenty five percent. Ouch. I think Canada's worse. Um, like you can get up to like uh, maybe it's, it's a mix actually. I think in Canada, like you can have total taxes like fifty percent. Like over here, for example, if you just work, um, I think you get like twenty three, twenty four percent. Uh, if you have like a decent-ish kind of salary, nothing too much, nothing too less. Um, but I think over in like the states and the Canada, like you can you can get hit hard with all these different like taxes and stuff that they put in. Um, some I think Canada is about fifty percent by the time that they uh, they actually kind of work it all the way through. It's interesting. Yeah. So obviously, you did circle into CBDCs, and we're seeing that Australia have made oh. the first transaction using the CBDC, the E. AUD or the Australian dollar, so they're still pushing hard with their pilot. They, they've obviously, I think, they've been one of the first to market pushing the pilot quite hard between Australia um, and New Zealand. So I believe Maybe this first—they <laughs> have been pushing it hard, Chris. I mean, I forget you're here sometimes. <laughs> you totally got me off track there. But Australia, <laughs> yeah, it's, yes, yes, it's fine. <laughs> Uh, it's not that hot right now. I think they're going into their winter. Yeah, they, yeah, they should be, yeah. So, going back to what I was saying, it totally derailed me there. <laughs> the, I think they used the E-Australian dollar to purchase an, a US dollar stablecoin, and that was the kind of first trial pilot transaction they've done there. And then since they've done carbon credits between... The, what was it? The Reserve Bank of Australia and the Bank of New, uh, the Bank of New Zealand have um, exchanged carbon credits through CBDC transactions. So you know they're they're pushing hard with it. They they want it to be the first to market with an active, fully operational, working properly CBDC. So I think it is want to pay attention to what's happening with the EAUD. Yeah, definitely. I think um, I saw something about Binance in the uh, in Australia as well. Um, yeah, I think they've sus- suspended transactions or onboarding. Yeah, yeah. So again, some some stuff that's not too uncommon for Binance right now. They're under attack from the banking sector, and um, some of their partners are pulling out and all that kind of stuff. Um, I've just pulled up a document there. So Binance Australia suspends 
Um, Australian dollar fiat services citing issue with third party. Uh, so the local local service provider Zepto has seemingly stopped support for the Binance exchange in Australia. Hmm. I, I imagine that uh, this is a similar to kind of what happened um, recently. I think it was in the UK, wasn't it? Like a while back. Um, is this with Skrill and Binance? Oh, it might be that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's still ongoing, isn't it? That one. And I think they're still looking for a provider. But um, you can see here that there's an attack on Binance. It's not just the US. It's kind of almost like a worldwide effort. <laughs> it feels like that is anyway. Um, and some of these uh, these partner banks and on for onboarding and offboarding are basically just, you know, severing those deals. Um, now, this to me just leads me down to thinking, well, Binance will just go and become a bank somewhere and allow for on and off off ramps. And and this is the danger that these banks don't seem to fully understand is that they want to be custodians of cryptocurrency. Yes. Um and you know, the exchanges currently they had no interest in being banks. But I think uh, with everything that's going on, I think that interest is going to be increasing. I wouldn't be too surprised if you start seeing Coinbase and um, Binance start to launch their own banking sector, uh, banking branches, like uh, spin-off companies, um, and basically start using those as uh, on and off ramps to, to the exchanges. Wouldn't be surprised yeah. at all. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see some, you know, bank and financial heavyweights move over into the crypto space. Let's just say it is the market leader. They move into Binance and they just start afresh here. They start the first Binance bank, call it that for now. They could make waves doing this, you know. This this could be special if they'd done something like that. I I won't be surprised to see that happen before long. They're, they're going to get to a point, they're sick of this happening. We're seeing it in the UK, we've seen it in Australia, that they can't onboard onto this exchange. Let's solve the problem. Yeah. Let's, you know, let's cut out the middleman. Let's have our own bank, it's our own I, transactions. That's what I would be thinking. <laughs> it's, it's, it's an inevitability. It will have, like I said, the banks want CBDCs and they want to the custody your crypto for you, right? Um, and so you see the attacks on the exchanges and you see the attacks on self-custody hardware wallets. Um, so it's not much of a stretch to think that they're going to prevent you onboarding to exchanges. We see this all the time anyway with, oh, you can only do, you know, three grand uh, on an exchange in a month. Uh, that will be then half to like, you know, 1500 or whatever. Uh, and some are limiting each transaction. You can't even do, you know, more than, than a couple of K without phoning with someone and then spending an hour explaining, you know, I fully understand this better than you do. Let me move, make my transaction uh, for them to just cancel the transaction anyway and ignore everything you just told them. Um, like the banks themselves are, they're making it very, very difficult. Um, and so, and as a result of this, I think the exchanges with all this extra kind of surplus money, they're not exactly short of it. And can go ahead and just set up a banking area, uh, a bank, current uh, banking company, um, to custody people's fiat and on board and off board. And they don't even need it to be a business model. This is the thing, right? Banks need to be lending money out and borrowing money. They don't even need to do that. All they need to do is allow people to, <laughs> to deposit and withdraw. They don't even need to run it as a business. It could be a complete uh, cost neutral, not for profit bank, right? That just runs cost neutral. That allows people to on and off board they wouldn't even have to approach it in the same way as traditional bank would have to i think it's a really interesting sector that um the exchanges could dominate very very quickly and if the banks aren't too careful uh then that will actually happen but um it will be be interesting it'll be it'll be difficult i would have thought uh wouldn't you say chris really hard yeah what, what, what's your thoughts jb 
That's totally got me. The soundboard has got me. It's great. Um, look, at the end of the day, setting up a bank isn't an easy thing, but we already see it with Revolut. We see it with PayPal, and we see it with um, who's the other one? I want to say like Wise or someone. Like, there's some banks out there, non-traditional banks, more like online banking, uh, no physical branches that are actually kind of pro crypto. Uh, so it's yeah. already happening. Uh, all we're really saying here is that the big players in the space are, at some point, in my opinion likely to potentially set one up themselves uh, yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> i was reading i was reading the chat there sorry um steve g's actually got a really good point have to find a way to set up in dubai no taxes yeah where where, where are you going later this year nick we are we are off to dubai um hmm, interesting this year uh, look, <laughs> I, I i i chris has, has often said this thing to me a lot like oh you should go set up in dubai we should go into to do dubai and stuff um and and for like you know he's not wrong but it's that hot yes it's hot um but like it's it's not so much that it's hot over there that bothers me it's the amount of time that you have to be there and you don't have and to be fair you don't have to do it consistently consecutively either you can break it across like a year you can be there for i think a three month period um, in order to be able to do it um but and it doesn't have to be all together you can do like week here week there or whatever and um, but it's just like uh, i don't know i don't know if i want to uh, but chris is often talking about you know uh doing it and it'll, it'll be hot over there chris is right you know it is will be hot? yes it'll be hot um but i i think it will just be really, really diff- difficult um over there and uh, to kind of just to kind of spend that amount of time in another country um but maybe that's just me i mean maybe we'll do it one day i don't know but dubai um yeah it, it's not for me it's not for me it's um it's far too hot for me i don't think i would survive out in hot. dubai yeah, yeah exactly yeah, far yeah. too hot i bet chris like is often to, talking about it <laughs> yeah I, I like the colder countries i'm happy i'm happy being cold <laughs> it's, it's, it's my natural habitat <laughs> yeah you're, you're up you're up, way up north um yeah couple chris is a talkative fellow today isn't he he just keeps chipping in he over talk over talking over the top of us as well um oh geez um, there's only 42 in dubai at the moment no chance <laughs> i think it was last summer we hit 33 or 34 degrees celsius here and like the country was ready to shut down there's a red weather warning so yeah stuff yeah. 42 degrees no way <laughs> uh, no, i i like the idea of tax free um but i feel that there's better and more efficient ways of doing it than dubai i think dubai is just popular uh for many yeah, many Kev- reasons kevin's letting us know the north pole is tax free too it's kind of the end of the spectrum there. It's a, little, a little too cold <laughs> i think it's finland uh you can go to finland you can talk to the government if you're a high net worth individual you can basically circumnavigate tax and just right. say, I'll pay you X figure every year. Um, and uh, and they basically do it that way if you're a high net worth individual. Yeah. Um, and that basically means that you can make a benefit because you're not you're pe- technically paying less. But they also benefit because you live in their country and the, you have a lifestyle and all that kind of stuff. So you get the bat and stuff like that. And that's an interesting jurisdiction. Also quite chilly. <laughs> Monaco. Monaco would do nicely. You think Monaco? Okay. Still I like Monaco. I've been Monaco a few times. Um, <laughs> and obviously we know like a lot of the heavyweights in the world, they have apartments in Monaco and Monte Carlo as a tax haven. That, that yeah. may do one day. That'd be All nice. right, well, let us know in the live chat. Where would you yes. go with your crypto millions? Where would you go in the world? What would be your choice of destination to kind of, you know, hang your hat up, retire in? 
let us know um, in the live chat. You got Singapore's being mentioned as tax free. Don't think about Singapore. You get good rain there. Yeah, I, I've never been. I, I don't travel. Chris will, will vouch for this one. Um, it's usually uh, I, I don't, uh, don't don't like to go out. It's um, really hard. pretty hard to get me to go out uh, anywhere um, travel wise. But he's uh, dragging me to Dubai. Uh, where yes it'll be very very hot um so yeah so singapore is an interesting one netherlands uh is a tax haven too uh interesting vietnam vietnam i've heard a lot of people actually say this uh thailand vietnam a few of these other countries um because the cost of living is is so reasonable Uh, i had one guy i used to work with he had a house down in london Said he can rent it out and then live a life of luxury in like Thailand for the rest of his life and retire just for yeah, the rental I'll, income of the house. Yeah, live off of that definitely. It's so clever. I mean, Paul, I waited for it. I knew somebody was going to do it. Yeah. Paul was the first one to call it Satoshi Island. Satoshi Island, of course. Um, got citizenship there. <laughs> 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 I just don't know if it's a if I can classify that as my residence and then i don't need tax i don't i need to look into that that that, that will start to emerge itself over the next few years um satoshi island is going to be a good shout uh, in the future i think um can't wait yes. to be able to visit that one for sure yes it will be very interesting to say the least the amount of tax so... that they take from your millions is shocking it really is um self-sustaining <laughs> island yeah <laughs> Do we talk a little bit about Ripple now? I think it'd be wrong not to. Go on then. I was going to save it for a video later, but go on then. Yeah, it's not the one that you were thinking. It's the one we spoke about last night. Um, Last night was a very long time ago. (laughs) (laughs) So, I want to get the correct name of the company. Ripple purchasing Medical. We see, obviously, Ripple are doing some interesting things right now. This is not XRP, this is Ripple that we're focusing on just, here. Just to note, this is exactly what we were just talking about with crypto exchanges wanting to go into banking. But exactly. now you've got a crypto company who is basically going into banking. But look, over to you, over to you. Rick Wilson, you are the man, the Isle of Man. Yes, the Isle of Man. More importantly, the Isle of Man, uh, TT is in 10 days if anybody follows bike racing. <laughs> The best, the best sporting event in the world, hands down. There's nothing compared to the Isle of Man TT. It's in 10 days. Watched out. Well done. So, back to this. <laughs> the yeah, Ripple purchasing Metaco, I think it's like 250 million. It's not the biggest purchase. It's not the biggest name. But it's a start from where they want to be going. Um, I really like what Ripple are doing uh, with this transaction. But you really broke it down last night when, when we kind of spoke about this, Nick. Um, I yeah. don't know if you kind of want to just... Yeah, it's, 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 it's an obvious one, really, right? So it's all about on-demand liquidity, right? Um, and it's a reasonably complex subject if you're new to crypto, right? It takes a little bit of time to kind of break into understanding how you move uh, you know, your fiat from one country to another country, right? And you have to convert it into something that's digital, and then you have to move that thing that's digital to another country then convert it back um, and you know you need to be involved in certain elements of that if you're going to be transferring uh, across uh, different continents for example right so uh, on-demand liquidity does that thing very 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 well but there's a, another step to this well what if there was another you know middle section to this that would allow you uh, as a bank to just say right move my money into this account and then basically ripple would go ahead 
take the fiat, put it into their fiat custodian, then do the conversions back into XRP hypothetically, um, move the uh, value over into another jurisdiction, convert it back into a fiat using their new entity, and then deposit it where it needs to go. Uh, essentially keeping things really, really simple and uh, not having to worry too much about know this big steep learning curves for uh, for the banking area and banking sector so and uh, just kind of just highlights the level that um, ripple are going through to integrate cryptocurrency with the traditional banking sector which i think is critically important if we want to see mass adoption within this sector so like the technology that's being built by ripple whether you choose to like it or dislike it or hate xrp or whatever it's entirely up to you um, is fundamentally important to the development and the future of cryptocurrency and the same with the sec versus ripple lawsuit a lot of people just don't seem to care and kind of say, oh, XRP deserves to go to zero or whatever, um, because they aren't really taking stock of the bigger position, which is that if the SEC win that thing, then that's bad for all cryptocurrency because it will be used as precedents uh, against other, in other lawsuits against other firms, so like, such as Algorand being treated as a, as a security, for example, or maybe Cardano will be treated as a, as a security, even though it had a fair launch, right? <laughs> and, and so it's critically important that uh, the SEC lose or settle and clarity is provided um, and it's for the entire good of the the crypto space and and i think what ripple are doing here for, for crypto as a whole is is what we want to see in the space we want to see more of this we see it with charles hoskinson as well to a degree um trying to push the whole entire space further forward through developments and and all that kind of stuff and then you just see greedy uh, companies that, that aren't really taking stock of the bigger positions of what's going on in the world of crypto and um and they're just doing liquidity grabs all the time, and and so I think um, I think this is big, big news for uh, for Ripple. It's it's massive. It's massive for for crypto overall as well. Yeah, definitely. So for Ripple to have this mediator in place, you know, it, it is essentially it's game changing to everything that you know Ripple want to be doing going forward. I think obviously you did cover it off very well, but Brad Garlinghouse is going to be sitting in a very rosy position right now. He's going to be sitting back looking at everything that's happening with the case what Ripple as a company are doing, he's, he's got to be a very happy man right now. Everything's kind of, almost everything is kind yeah. of, you know, falling into place from kind of right about now. And I would just say that, yeah, Ada had a Japan ICO, uh, not in the US, exactly. Yeah. And that's my point why the SEC will probably try suing them because they have no grounds to do so, but they'll fucking yeah. do it anyway because they're fucking morons. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a kind of segue here and it looks like they're going to try and do it again anyway to Filecoin. Surprise me. I don't know if, I don't know if you've seen anything I, about I, that. I haven't they want seen to class Filecoin as a security. Uh, that, apparently, according to the US, all cryptocurrencies except for Bitcoin and Ethereum are securities. <laughs> um, well, we'll find out about this whole Ethereum bit um, uh, shortly. Just, yeah. Just, yeah, well, well yeah. Uh, beginning of June, right? Yeah, well, we won't touch on that. that that's 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 for the 9pm. Watch the 9pm if you want to know more about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, look, at the end of the day, the SEC are overreaching on every possible step. It's corrupt through and through, and that's going to get become so, so very clear uh, in the coming weeks. And uh, it's going to be so shocking. I think um, there will be riots over in the US about it. Let us, let us know in the chat, and I'm going to ask you this as well, Nick. We might ask Cardboard Chris. I don't know if you have an opinion or not. What is going is to happen hot? in the case? Is it going to be an XRP ripple win? Is it going to be a settlement? Or is it going to be the SEC that win? My personal opinion, 
in at some popular because I know what Nick's answer is going to be. I think XRP Ripple will win the case. Yeah, I um, I mean, really hard. Yeah, yeah, it, it is really hard. I I think it will be settlement. Um, although if Ripple, so I think it will be settlement on the on the grounds that the SEC don't want to lose. They know they're going to lose. Probably know at this point that they're going to lose, and they're going to try to negotiate and settle. And it will settle if Ripple wants it to, essentially. Now, Ripple could probably take this the entire way and win. I think they could. They, they, they have everything in place to win. It's just whether or not they choose to settle. And I think it's the decision of Ripple there. And I don't know how that's going to go. And um, that's really going to depend on what's on the table in, within, within that settlement range. Um, so, yeah, there's a big chance of settlement, as you say, in, in the live chat there. Um, but it's, it's Ripple's choice. Because uh, yeah. they don't have I think, to. I think you're right there. It's a huge, it's probably the most probable um, solution right now will be a settlement. But I think that everything that's happened, the way it's been dragged out, that Ripple XRP's been dragged through the mud, you know, the SEC's trying to tarnish everything that they're doing. I don't think Brad's going to um, settle. I don't think he's going to sit back and be like, okay, let's just get it over and done with. This is dragged out for how long? Over two years? Oh yeah, so as uh, December twenty twenty, it was dropped on uh, on yeah. everyone. So the other thing to kind of bear in mind here is that if if the SEC win, then Ripple will appeal it, and yeah. if Ripple win, then the SEC will appeal it. Like, it's not done and dusted um, at those points. There'll be kind of you know cases still going on in the background. A settlement would be the the neatest way to kind of just like part ways and everyone gets on with their lives. But it will mean that the SEC will still continue to go after cryptocurrency uh, companies because in that settlement, it will be so vague um, as to kind of what is a security, what is not a security, deliberately so that they can continue kind of, you know, just suing everybody left, right and centre. So we really do want with Ripple to win um, and that would be kind of, you know, the ultimate thing for cryptocurrency, I think, overall in the US. Um but yeah, I'm, I'm not holding my breath. I say it's Ripple's choice. And if they do happen to win, then uh, yeah, it'll go to the Supreme Court, as uh, as you say in the live chat there, because they will appeal it. And it doesn't mean they're going to win. It just means it gets dragged out a little bit longer and all that kind of stuff. But, what um, wonderful yeah. news is to get dragged on even longer. <laughs> oh, I know. Like, I think the idea here is to suppress XRP to the point where CBDCs are all in place and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, shake out as many people as possible, maybe. I don't know. Um definitely interesting and yeah and ak in the live chat yeah ripple uh, xrp they're two different things um but for the search algorithm of youtube it comes up from time to time it's ripple xrp uh so um ripple coin was originally what it was called and it changed to xrp um but they are two separate entities uh in in how they are ripple is a company xrp is a cryptocurrency and um, but for youtube algorithm apparently it's ripple xrp that's the that's the term that was coined um, so you, from time to time you might see ripple xrp on thumbnails and in titles and stuff yeah it's not actually what it is and uh sorry i just see ak uh, brings it up here as uh, she said uh, ripple is a currency uh, everywhere uh, but the us and you say xrp it's, it's a common thing that crops up and uh, just terminology more than anything else but and uh, just so if anyone happens to have had left those comments down and you're watching this podcast by chance uh, that's why it's uh I know I know that Ripple's a company and I know XRP is a cryptocurrency, uh, but for the sake of YouTube, apparently those two things are interchangeable and the same. <laughs> so there you go. In the world of Google, uh, Google doesn't care um, that Ripple's a company and XRP is a is a, is a cryptocurrency. Or uh, to quote the SEC, a security. Um, <laughs> it's a security anyway. It may be something wait, else wait, tomorrow. No, it's Thursday. It's a commodity today. 
All right. Okay. Right. Got you. Got it. That's all good. Yeah. US has fallen into total centralization. Did it ever have decentralization? I don't think it did. Yeah. Um, Anything else you want to bring up today? Um, Or do you think it's time to probably wrap up uh, the the podcast? It's that hot. Yeah. We know it's getting hot in your studio, Chris. One last thing I do want to touch on just to get a a feeling for what the community of everybody watching here today thinks. Now, I don't know if anybody follows Coinbase on Twitter. If you do, there's been some cryptic cryptic tweets coming out recently. And it's a countdown ticker. Oh, TikTok. Countdown ticker was at three. Can you guess where it is now? Two. It's at two. 19 hours ago, they posted the number two. We've not had the number one yet. But... There's been a few, what would you call it, speculative um, guesses as to what this is all related to. Coinbase, as far as I'm aware, have not stated what this is all about. Some saying it may be a Pepe listing, which, you know, nobody really cares about. Um, the other, others are saying it may be the start of Coinbase 1. So let us know in, in, in the chat what you think this countdown, t- countdown ticker might be um, linked towards. I've got no idea. I, I really don't. I think it's more likely to be Coinbase One rather than Pepe, but you never know. That Pepe PP, whatever you want to call it, poo poo. It's everywhere right now. Yeah, yeah, that one. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's hot. It's hot. It's too hot. Yeah. Um. So I should create a wrap of of uh, cardboard, Chris. Maybe I will. What was the guy that done the man's not hot? Big okay. Shack. Get that video and put Chris in there. <laughs> maybe all right um let's go with final words jb yeah just you know engage with us guys this is um this has been a lot of fun today myself and nick with the cardboard chris yeah it's been great fun it's been great fun all right guys we're gonna wrap it up there if you found it useful informative maybe maybe just entertaining then why not smash the like button on the way i really do appreciate that if you're new to the channel then why not go ahead and subscribe linked in the description below you'll find our discord go ahead and join it and jb before you leave, guys, if you're going to trade, please trade go. safely. There Have a nice tight stop loss, make great goods, and stay safe in this space. We'll catch you in the next one. Any last words, Chris? And I will catch you in the next one. Take there we care. go. Take care, guys.